Oh, hey, Steve. Oh, hey, Mike. Well, what's wrong, buddy? Well, I, I just got this new water bottle, but it just looks so plain. Well, have I got the store for you. Introducing the Wild Edible World Podcast Merch Store. Wowie wow! It's the merch store where you can get all of your favorite podcasts merch for all your decorating purposes. How do I find that? Go to wildediblewordpod.shopify.com or go to any of our Instagram and media accounts and view the link in the bio. Wowie wow! Thank you for joining us for another awesome episode of the Wild Edible World Podcast. I'm just one of your hosts, Michael. And I am Steve. Welcome to this rainy evening here in uh, uh, wherever the heck we are, Illinois. The Burbs. The Burbs, Illinois. Yep, it's rainy, it's wet, um, but that's a good sign because we've been lacking some rain here in the midwest for yeah we've been dry for quite some time so today and uh actually the the last couple days kind of we've we've gotten a little bit of rain and the garden is much appreciative as is mm. mama nature out here mm-hmm. indeed uh and i guess we're here to talk to you about one of our favorite herbs that is probably flourishing with this nice fresh drink um and that's going to be bee balm yeah Monarda fistulosa. Wild bergamot. Wild bergamot. Um, so this is a beautiful uh, flower, that wild flower that shows up in the middle of summer. Um, it's got really cool flower, like tubular flowers that erupt in a circular pattern around the head. Uh, and it's incredibly herbaceous. Um, and it's probably my favorite herb to use on everything. This is... Like one of the best kept secrets to those that aren't familiar. A hundred percent. Yeah, I I love showing people this on my walks, and this is honestly one of the easiest ingredients that I like to use to introduce people to wild foods in little ways with uh, casual casual uh, meals or snacks that everybody likes. So uh, let's let's give let's give a good like descriptor of its visual qualities, right? So. Um, it can express a variety of different colors in the leaves mm-hmm. as well as the flowers. So some people intentionally plant uh, scarlet bee balm in their yards or in their gardens or whatever, and that's beautiful, and it's just as edible. Um, I think the flavor is probably a little bit different, but honestly, I haven't tried scarlet bee balm. Have you? I haven't either, no. Okay. The traditional is like a like a lavender. Mm-hmm. It's like purple or pink. Yeah, definitely super beautiful. Anywhere from like I don't know, man. I've seen some almost as tall as like five feet. Easily, like, yeah. Like just beautiful flowers. Yeah, it depends on the sun exposure. So in shady, it loves the full sun. In shadier areas, you're going to experience shorter plants, but full sun, prairie style. Heck yeah, <laughs> you're going to get plants upwards of five or six feet tall, and they're gorgeous. So um, some of the main features we want to look for when we're identifying this plant is um, the fact that it's a member of the mint family. Yeah, buddy. So that gives us a few clues um, for the standards of the mint family, uh, that being the square stem. Square stem, yeah. 
opposite leafing, which means that they the leaves come out uh, on opposite ends of the stem from each other, and very herbaceous smell. So if you rub the leaves, you give them a little rub, they uh, smell very strongly. Um, and a lot of people would describe it as oregano-ish. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, that's what I would describe it as. Yeah. Like uh, oregano, big oregano vibes. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, like a lot of things we talk about when we, like, compare things to asparagus or whatever, it's like, that's just, you know, something that's accessible that a lot of people can relate it to. I think there's, like, a lot more depth to it. Uh, It's hard to say oregano for me necessarily because it's, like, it's better than that. It's deeper than that. It's and it's also honestly that part of that is probably because of uh, all I've ever tried is like store bought pre dried oregano. Yeah, and this is you know? faux free. And this is like fresh, free. Uh, it's got all those like oils still intact. Whereas you know that spice jar that you've got, while it's decent and it does taste good, sure. Uh, that stuff has gone through so much processing and handling and. Uh, or even just shelf time, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. It's stale probably too, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you would use this in the same ways that you would use oregano, but I also like to use it in exchange for basil. Uh, so if you've spent any time with me in the last month or two in the springtime this year of 2023, I've been spreading the word about just uh, bee balm caprizis. Ooh. That's my favorite recipe to make with them. So that sounds great. Yeah, you get yourselves a couple like decent sized monarda leaves and uh, monarda fistulosa. That is, Ooh. and um, you a caprese is just like a kebab with mozzarella, tomato, and um, a little bit of olive oil and vinegar. Uh, sorry, balsamic vinegar, and then instead of basil, which would you would normally add on there as well. I'm using bergamot and I'm wrapping it around the leaves of the, or wrapping around the cheese. Yeah. And then you like skewer through it or whatever. And honestly, it, you know, it's delicious. Who doesn't love cheese and tomatoes and a little bit of oil and salt? That's my favorite part of the summer is tomato fresh, to, fresh tomato from the garden, mozzarella, basil, or now bergamot. And uh, yeah, a little bit of olive oil. I, I can do the balsamic. I can not, you know. Yeah, sure. It's sure. All, all great. A little yeah, black yeah, yeah. Uh, it suited to yourself, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Also makes a wonderful tea. This wild bergamot. There we go. Yeah. Uh, if you, if I mean, in the height of summer, it's good from like what July, August kind of time frame. Oh shoot, for tea? No, uh, I'm just the plant in, in general. Oh man, I'd say it starts coming out in uh, March or April. I haven't seen much of it. Oh, they're really low to the ground, and they'll be That's probably purple. why. So that when we yeah. talked about there's like a little bit of color variation, they do come out pretty early. I might be overestimating a little bit how early they are. They do grow kind of fast, but I yeah. know for a fact that I've collected them in May before this month for sure. Sure. Around June now, um, here in the Midwest, they're getting about to be three or four feet tall. In a couple weeks, uh, or yeah, in a couple weeks, they're probably going to start sprouting their flowers. Um, so yeah, they're definitely coming out in... April at the earliest. I think April's a little early still. You're dealing with a lot of like ephemerals there. But mm-hmm. like I said, it loves the full sunlight. So if it's there and it's warm and it's been there before, and it's an established colony for a long time, it's going to show its head a little bit. Um, Definitely. So really young species, specimens, they're like purpley, um, which I can still see on the adult plants, like, like on the sheen or on the edges, like right on the edges of the plant or something. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's just my imagination because I love seeing that coloration on them um, that early in the year. But uh, where were we? 
Talking about tea. Tea. So you're in the height of summer. This plant's kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, I mean, grab a few. Grab a, grab a bunch. The leaves and the flowers. Yeah, the leaves and the flower. Yeah. And the stem even. Yep, the, the whole, stem is And anything above ground up. is uh, delicious Agreed. and usable. Yep. Uh, it's not the same bergamot as the bergamot that you find in the store, though. So, like, in your typical commercial tea blend, it'll list an ingredient that says bergamot. Um, just keep in mind that while it is, uh, you know, your, that tea blend is probably going to taste a little bit similar, it's not the same plant. Yeah. Um, this is a little. This is different. Most of those uh, store-bought ingredients are a specific variety. Um, so even your dandelion greens that you buy at the store, that's not the dandelion you find outside. It is a dandelion, but it is a specific, it's a different species. It's still a cultivar, sure. which I didn't really realize until a couple months ago. Um, but that, that's just how it, how it be. Um, so yeah, you can use uh, the flower, the the leaves. I would use. So personally, I collect a ton of the leaves in the springtime before the flower is set out, mm-hmm. and uh, to dehydrate a ton of it. I love using it in almost all of my spice mixes. I kind of use it as a catch-all for any sort of sla- savory uh, profile that I want to get in my in my spice mix. Um, which I just did a big old class about at the Great Lakes Forgers ah, gathering. Ah, that's so exciting. I saw photos. Hey, we were talking about tomatoes, and I just wanted to take a, a sidestep for a second and uh, mention shout-out to Grace Springer of Funk's Farm Lore. Um, we had her on the show back uh, about 15 episodes ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gave me a free couple free tomato shoots, uh, a couple tomato plants. One of them is called, like, Fourth uh, of July celebration or something like that, sure. and it's already flowering right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it for like two weeks, and it's already flowering. Mm-hmm. So I, like you, Steve, have tomatoes to look forward to this summer, yeah, buddy. Um, so shout out to Grace for that. Um, so yeah, that takes us to the end of our first sequence. I think. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the ambiance. It is really coming down. Yeah, it is. Wish for rain granted. Yeah, literally. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Um, so we'll leave you with a few extra seconds of that, and then we'll, we'll move on to our second half. What's wrong, buddy? Well, I just realized this mushroom supplement I bought isn't actually made with mushrooms. It's made with something called myceliated grain? Myceliated grain? Oh, Oh, no! I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but myceliated grain is a sure sign of a poor-quality mushroom supplement. Well, dang. I wanted mushrooms, not brown rice. What should I do? Well, you should support a small batch producer from right here in the Midwest. Kiwino Apothecary. Kiwino Apothecary? Tell me more. Kiwina Apothecary specializes in high-quality mushroom extracts from Michigan, and they always use real mushrooms, never, never, never myceliated grain. That sounds like exactly what I've been looking for. Where can I order? Well, you can find them at kiwinaapothecary.etsy.com. That's K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W apothecary.etsy.com. Be sure to read their many excellent reviews. 
Thanks, buddy. I don't want no low-quality mushroom products from a factory. I want Kiwino Apothecary. Wowie wow! Don't fall asleep. We're back. We know it's peaceful. You're curled up on your couch with a good book. It's or maybe so sweepy. On, or maybe on your drive home from work. <laughs> no. And uh, we're sitting on some big rocks. Yeah. And it's a little bit chilly outside. It's raining. But we love every second of it. Yeah. And, and we also love you. Agreed. Agreed. Just a couple of hardworking guys. Speaking of hardworking guys. Golly I, shucks. I hear you got some classes coming up, Big Buck. Yeah, I do. Uh, so if you're listening to this when the day it comes out, I have a three-part series class with Skeleton Key Brewing in Road Ridge, Illinois. Um, we understand uh, that it was a little bit difficult for people to attend all three classes. So we have offered, we do, we are offering an individual class option. If you only want to come to two out of the classes because you can't make it to one of them, you don't want to pay the full price, but you still want all the benefits, we're here for you. We want you to have it all too. So uh, check out the Skeleton Key website for the classes there. Um, also, I just want to give a quick shout out to, um, if this is your first time listening, because I handed you a sticker or a magnet yeah. or a pin, <laughs> I handed a bunch of people a bunch of stuff at the Great Lakes Foragers Gathering, so uh, hopefully some of you are listening for the first time. If you are listening to this episode, the most recent one first, I admire that attitude. A lot of people start with episode one, but you're a go-getter. Yeah, that was a smooth move. Yeah, honestly. super smooth move. Yeah. You, you know what's up. And your hair looks great today. Yeah, you're very pretty. Uh, so beyond that, uh, I just, yeah, I had a great time at the Great Lakes Foragers Gathering. Hopefully next year uh, the pair of us can show up. And Yeah, I want in. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. It was so fucking cool. Uh, expletives necessary. Um, lots of really interesting and fascinating life skills as well as uh, native uh, leaders and stories and educators. Um, just really, really, really special place. Uh, super low-key, too. Really relaxed, kind of laid back. Uh, everybody was uh, super, super freaking nice. Um, and they probably don't listen to this show at all, but Ming, uh, Min and uh, Colleen destroyed the kitchen manage. Like, they killed the kitchen work and uh, kept, like, over, on, uh, around 300 people fed the whole weekend. Wow. Um, with the help of, like... Several children that were like always there helping. Like it's a everybody's got to pitch in in some way. Uh, so a bunch of us like went out and collected vegetables. We went and foraged uh, in several foraging groups around the property and brought back a ton of food to eat all weekend. And then a bunch of people were there. Um, if you are unable to pay for next year's visit, there's also work study opportunities. So you can always sign up to help around the camp for uh, to attend for free. Um, so a lot of people were doing that as well, and respect to them. Shout out Jed. Jed Arkel uh, from <laughs> Drop Seed Ecology. He's got an awesome native nursery. Uh, he's an Illinoisan as well. He's down in the Champaign area. Um, so check out Drop Seed Ecology for some plants and 
Um, also, his Instagram. It's pretty cool. This sounds like the best thing, man. It was, you know, everybody, everybody who, uh, yeah, there were a lot of people there. It was really cool to meet Chaotic Forager, Gabrielle. Yeah. Um, she's super, <laughs> super freaking nice. Um, I'm sure everybody, most people who listen to this show follow her already, but if you don't, she makes excellent content, much more consistently than we do, uh, and way more, it, she's super energizing and, uh, So chaotic, you know? So chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, she's uh, she's a cool friend of the pod, Gabrielle. She's yeah, shared she's some of wonderful. our memes and stuff. So uh, hopefully you hear this, and uh, we think you're super cool. Um, okay, back to Bergamot, probably right. Bergamot. Are you doing anything, Steve? Do you have anything? Uh, I mean, you want to shout out? I mean, this, this one kind of speaks for itself. I mean, uh, Native American cultures have used it for forever. Yeah, uh, it has ma- uh, antimicrobial properties. They used it a lot in tea yeah. for like the sniffles, and uh, you know stuff like that so i mean that like i said this one's just this one's just a great overall little fella to have out there in your corner yeah from what i saw it was just a lot of like vitamin c and fiber which is a lot of the stuff we say all the time so it's just a really healthy plant for you um in a variety of ways and i like its versatility Mm -hmm. i like that it's not too it's not too minty it's not too savory you can really uh, do some interesting stuff with it. Yeah, it's so. just it's it's an all, it's all around useful. And one of my favorite things is to find plants that I can use in tea. Something that I can take and dehydrate and use that expensive dehydrator that I bought, or <laughs> or or it, the the Michael Baker special. Throw that S of a B in the window. Yeah. And uh, and let it dehydrate on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just I love plants that I'm able to do that with. So this is for sure. Yeah, and it grows abundantly, too. So uh, it, while it is a native plant, there's off, uh, often no harm in collecting a ton of it because it seeds very readily. Uh, so this is another great plant to, uh, if you do find it in the wild or if you're listening to this after the season has passed already, uh, the seeds stay on the head for quite some time. Yeah, through even through winter. Through yeah. winter. Uh, and you're going to be able to still get that really herbaceous smell from the head all the way through winter as well. I wouldn't necessarily use it in food. But I would sprinkle some in my garden. But I would keep the seeds. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So consider that um, given your season. Uh, how have you used that that plant other than tea? I mean, that's really my favorite way to use it. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 an go- it's a good all-around herb. Um, so I, I do like the, uh, I do like the comparison to oregano for that because it's great for marinating things and getting just a nice herbaceous, uh, mildly floral, like pop. Mm -hmm. I, um, so I used it in the spice blend. I gave it to, I gave it to everybody. So it's. A little timely that we're talking about this. Everybody that attended my class at Great Lakes Foragers Gathering was given a uh, about a teaspoon little container full of a uh, little spice blend I made. Um, and this is, I think, a great example of, uh, of how to just, like, build your own spice blends, too. I used one, uh, two herbs, two berries, and two mushrooms, all dried mm. and blended together. That will give you kind of, like, a nice... Uh, it kind of hits a lot of the pillars of herbaceous, um, bitter, uh, but not too bitter, some sweetness, a little bit of sourness with the berries, and then you get a big umami profile with the uh, mushrooms, depending on which ones you use, of course. This is awesome, because I'm like knee-deep in golden oysters, you know? Oh, yeah, that's perfect for it. Honestly, uh, oyster mushrooms, chicken of the woods, hen of the woods, just about anything we love to eat out in the woods also makes a great 
seasoning powder. Um, shout out Ellen Sakos that really kind of like blew my brain open about this. Uh, she's a really awesome author, personality, et cetera, et cetera. She's a, a old head in the community for sure. She's been doing it for a long time. Um, but she, uh, yeah, the, the mushrooms powder as like popcorn seasoning. So if you're sodium sensitive, it's a really interesting way to get that kind of like that edge of the flavor that's just kind of borderline saltiness, but it doesn't actually have any sodium in it. Um, and not just eating bland popcorn anymore. So, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, but that's, I think, a good framework for how you can build your own spices. Uh, just one berry, one spice, or sorry, one berry, one herb, and one mushroom. That'll give you still like a really re- well-rounded application. Um, and one of my favorite ways to use, or favorite plants to use in that kind of blend would be bergamot for sure. Um, it's not necessarily, a, it will disappear in a pot. Like if you were to cook it long term, oh I sure, think it, like this. Yeah. Grand, this so it's yeah. not necessarily like a long term cooking thing. Um, no, but I had it on my eggs this morning and it was fantastic. I never That's get awesome. tired of it. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Yeah, but all we got. I think that's all we got. At very least, even if you don't want to eat it, put it in your garden. Do it for the kids. Do it for the bees and yeah. the pollinators yeah. and the all the all the little guys that do it. It's absolutely gorgeous. You won't be sorry. Yeah, I almost never harvest the flower honestly, just because the bugs are going crazy yeah. on them on them on them petals, man, dancing all over them. <laughs> so I don't want to disturb it at all. Uh, so they're very very popular for our pollinators. Uh, if if so, yeah. For if nothing else, plant them. Plant them. Do it. Plant them. Plant them. <laughs> plant, plant them. them. Cool. I uh, hope you guys all started chanting with us while you were alone in a car or in a library or something so that everybody looked at you really crazy. We love you very much. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, thanks for you know pointing out that you listen to the show anytime you see one of us in person. We love hearing it from you. Um, I make sure I tell Steve. I'm at a, I'm at a lot of these events with uh, this kind of community, too, so I make sure to tell Steve every time uh, somebody says... They know our show. Um, we love hearing from you guys. Um, reach out to us with any questions you have from us. We want to start featuring some sort of like Q and A's from our listeners. Yeah, that would so, be sweet. So um, we'll probably do a frequently asked questions section. But send us some questions, or you some ideas, or if there's a plant that you want to hear us talk about, hey, say the word. We're we're, we're here and we're listening for you. So thanks for interacting with us and being really the basically the coolest audience we could have ever hoped for. We will see you next time. On the Wild Edible World podcast, where everything, the best food, is free. (laughs) (laughs) Everything, the best food, is free. Yeah.